Hey everyone. Um, so, wow, you know, it's really tough to listen to people talk about this, you know, sort of inner journey, um, you know, as if it's some kind of, you know, um, massage table with candles or something, you know, it's like, it's this angelic, you know, this kind of Hollywood ending to the light thing. Um, the experience of cleansing and purifying and, you know, moving trauma is, is fucking huge, huge, right? It is, um, yeah, I wish it were, I wish it were a, a trip to some sort of fancy hotel spa. It's not. Whoever tells you is lying. And whoever, you know, rolls it into some branding, you know, she-she, expensive stones on your altar shit is also lying. It is. You can put as many, you know, stones and amulets around you. In the end, it's the work that you have to do, right? Um, you have to persevere and... The same with the ayahuasca or any plant medicine. It's like, yeah, they're there, but you're the one who has to do the work. You're the one that has to show up and sit whilst you're being pulled apart and, you know, uh, be present to the crazy that can happen and allow for it to happen. And I think someone said it on a podcast. I think it's so true. You know, the deeper you go, the more difficult it gets, the more difficult, the pricklier it gets and it's trauma so trauma happened you know again at the twilight of existence of your existence and a lot of things happened um and it's all kind of cooked in together you know if you're in around people that have been abusive or unloving or refusing or whatever physical or sexual whatever you know not the parents you expected to show up to um you're cooked into them and so you're cooked into it and you become it you become part of that trauma you become an extension of their crazy or their poison or their own shit and you know it can get uh even weirder right so um if you start treading into these other realms and you kind of start expanding and everybody can do it, it's not one, but everybody is God, everybody's divine, we're all channels for God or for whatever you want to call it, or consciousness. There's no one person that can do it and has a funny outfit and can get you there. I mean, we all have <clears throat> the power to access all of this. You know, there's no premium package. <laughs> you just have to do the work. It's like going to the gym, you know, if you want... You know, you can sit and eat Oreos all day or you can work out and drink, you know, and have a clean life. I mean, it's just, it's it's the same thing. It's all about composition, right? Molecular composition of things, right? If you, you know, drop an oil tanker in the middle of the Aegean, that magnificent turquoise ocean is going to turn black. It's not that bloody complicated. 
in the same way that, um, you know, this inner odyssey um, is not complicated either. I mean, it's just different. It's a different composition. You're, you're working with a different entity, with a different molecule. Let's see any difference, you know. Um, tea, coffee, I mean, it's just whatever. Whatever you mix together makes something else, right? So... Um, so yeah, it's, um, and the deeper you go, if you can get beyond, here's the deal, I think if you can just get beyond the acting out, right? So if you're in trauma and it's terrible and you're frightened and, and you've been, you know, hurt very badly and, you know, you want to get away from it, well then we have this kind of airbag automatic response for, for saving ourselves, right? For surviving. It's not who we are. It's not who we are at all. Um, you know, you're built in relationship, your defense mechanism is built in relationship to the trauma or to the area of injury. So I, you know, I never showed up. There was never a me. I just got drowned on arrival. I was um, used, you know, sent out to be sexually abused and abused, etc. And I built a person in relationship to that. I built a, a person in relationship to the tyranny and the defense mechanism that would help me survive uh, without actually having to deal with what actually happened because I blacked it out, right? So I never actually showed up. I'm on the other side of it. And it was shown to me in a ceremony I was down a hole. Literally my soul had, you know, left. In another ceremony a cuckoo clock was just waiting to go cuckoo cuckoo but it was again stopped at a certain time in my life I knew none of this I had no I was fully um I was fully uh in the defense mechanism mode and thought that was me right that I was doing all these things and you know it was just a complete you know it was a costume it was a, a you know the armor of a knight you right? you put on the armor you think you are the knights or you are the armor and it, it's, it's a combination of you and the predator making an agreement, a contract, which is, happens very early on, which you really don't know anything about. And you're cooked inside their, you know, toxic sewage. And so what shows up is, is you as a defense mechanism and appearing to be normal and everything and a human being and thinking that you're acting from your own will because even your thoughts are then you know built around the trestle of that injury and that you know piece of shit basically but you don't know any of this you're just its dog you're just its puppet because you're just a defense mechanism built in relationship to the trauma and that's where there's so much <clears throat> uh, confusion and misunderstanding and the need to go whatever veg out, drug up, whatever you do, because it's, it's really unbearable, because it's not who you are, it's literally, you know, like you were born to be a, you know, a puppy, but they said, nope, I don't want a puppy, I need, you know, I need, um, I don't know, a shark or whatever, or it's just like, it's just a complete refusal of you, all right, so you have to entertain, you have to accommodate that, and so here's how it worked in in my um, scenario, and we all have ways of coping, all of which are really bad, right? Because they're all against who you are. If you haven't, 
if somebody doesn't show up and say, oh my God, you are the most amazing thing that happened that walked out, you know, divinity. If somebody doesn't nurture whatever it is that you are, you know, whether you're a basketball player or a tuba player or, a, you know, whatever, toilet cleaner, it doesn't matter. The idea is that you already have a, you know, momentum, an energetic momentum that will be blossomed. Like everything that arrives, it has its outline, right? A daffodil doesn't come in as a starfish, right? A starfish doesn't come in as a black hole. It all is arriving at, you know, it's, it's already had been scripted. So I really believe we come in as with a potential, right? So, but if I drown you in my shit, your potential's over. And so you with your script, script kind of get abandoned and it's your soul. It just, it's like taken, right? It's just, it, it leaves. So what you actually build is a relationship with the predator, with the person that's hurting you or whatever they're doing to you or denying or abandoning you. And there's two of you in your life. There's the thing that, the thing that ignited uh, the person you've become. So, you know, I can say I was a, a person built on pure terror, pure and utter terror. I built a whole facade, a whole, you know, defense mechanism, a whole pentagon based on pure and utter terror. Is that who I am? No, it's not. Yeah, because it demanded I go against everything I believe in and am to create a self that worked for him. Right? So how does that work? Well, here we go. So everything that was done to me, which is horrific as far as sexual abuse and just, you know, being laughed at and criticized and just always put down so that I wouldn't leave. Here's the deal. I had to accept that in my system, right? And that's a form of servitude. And, and so what happens is they build themselves in you, right? So here you are, a terrified child. Here's a person that's towering above you and is saying you have to accept the most horrific things, right? You should be sexually abused. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to whatever. What are you going to do? You're going to have to, you can't run for it. Right, so I had to um, accept it and internalize it and literally build, it's like a furball, like a whole energetic being within me that I became a container and almost like a legitimizer for all that horror that was against every thing that I was. And here's, here's the clincher is that I must have had enormous hatred and rage but how it's built is that in your system, it becomes, as I said, like an electrified fence. Your system is carrying all this poison. But at the same time, every time it goes up to challenge the poison, there's a potential of death, of electrocution. So you're terrified of them and you're terrified of dying. And, but you're still, but at the same time, you're carrying all that poison. And so either way, you're going to die at some point that shit's going to, you know, build up and you're going to, you know, die from the, the toxicity of it. Or you're going to die if you challenge them and, you know, they hurt you or they abandon you or whatever early on. Right. So inside. So, so I, I, you know, you the two. Here, here we go. I suppose you either. Here's how it works. You cannot be built by fear, 
That is not you. If the ignition is fear, and ignition is something that isn't life, that isn't love, that isn't nurturing, it's not you. It's a defense mechanism. So if you are built by fear, well, think about it. If the thing is built by fear, it needs fear to survive, right? So if I've been built by fear, if I'm a defense mechanism, then I need to find the same conditions elsewhere so that my defense mechanism works, right? Um, because I need a battlefield, because I was born in a battlefield. So I need um, the same characteristics, you know, narcissistic, bully, tyranny, terrifying, blah, 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 right? Or there's the other partner who's the wife who, oh, she needs to be fixed, she needs to be whatever. So you, you just, you, you, you build these roles around these people. And the only way you can survive as this defense mechanism is by finding the same people so you play the same roles, right? So you never leave. It's a prison. It's a total and utter prison. And you don't even know that you've been marinated in it. I had no idea I'd been marinated in this swamp of toxic shit, right? So, so how it works, and it's genius, really, when you think about nature, it's pretty amazing, that you actually then... So, so first of all, you have to agree to something that's the most horrific thing ever. So that's number one. So that means that, you know, first of all, there's a, there's, a, there's, there's a knowledge that there is no love at some point. Like, this is just survival, right? Um, they replicate. So their terror, I mean, your little two, three, you know, they're terrorizing you. You internalize all that terror within you. You're little sponges, right? So they literally rebuild themselves inside of you as energetic fields. So you're carrying their poison and also you're carrying the fear of not leaving the compound. In other words, you know, um, if you don't go and be sexually abused or if you don't agree to my screaming at you or you don't agree to my physically hurting you, um, that's tough shit. You just have to accept it. And so you have to hold back the rage and the fear and the anger in your mechanism, right? So holding back the true response to a, emotion, a feeling, um, you're on your own because there's no one to come and coddle you and make you feel safe and make you feel good, right? And also, if there is some sort of monster, let's put it that way, for a child it's a monster, then at any moment they could abandon them, wipe them out, kill them, whatever. So your whole system is built to never rebel. That's it basically is what I'm saying. And you literally have the mechanisms inside you that will, will stop you, that will literally, you know, rise up. Like within me, this massive energetic body that's like writhing that says, you know, you know, you challenge these people. Um, you know, I'm going to writhe up and terrify you, right? Um, I couldn't see it. I mean, I was so cooked in. I had no idea about any of this, like none of it. So in, if you're in trauma and you have to f make this thing work, well, I invented, I reinvented them, right? I rebranded them so that the, they worked and I didn't. In other words, their evil venom I made acceptable and I agreed with, and I became a, 
a co-founder of, right? But my truth disappeared. It was literally stampeded and annexed by their toxic behavior. So for somebody to control you, you have to believe them, right? How do you get to believe them? If it's a loving place, it's just a natural extension. If it's a horrible place, well, then fear is required. I mean, this is not that complicated or weird. It's just like life. It's just on a you know, micro versus a macro scale, right? It's the same fucking thing. If you're vulnerable and powerless, and it's the same in the jungle, right? You're at the mercy of those that are powerful and are not helpless. And, but the way this annexing happens, happens is very clever because literally, you know, in the twilight of consciousness, you are at your most adaptable and vulnerable and that's when they move in. It's really surreptitious and vile and just yuck, right? So how am I not going to rebel? Well, it's the same as the elephant in the circus. That They say, the child says, well, why doesn't the, circ- the, the elephant just leave, mom? It's 10 times bigger than that fucking fence. It can just run. Well, because it believes it can't, right? In the same way you believe, because your little child has been conditioned to believe, um, that what they're doing is okay, that somehow you're the one who's wrong and they're the one that's right. And so therefore you need to sort of carry this poison around and dampen your life force to accommodate their venom or their shit or their revolting. And so, and you will never rebel against it because you have installed them in your system as this writhing dungeon keeper or whatever. And your little self has no advocate, right? They were supposed to be your advocate, these parents, but they weren't. They were the actual abusers. So it's very confusing for your system, for the child, for your whole little universe. It's horrific and it's all ugly as shit and vile and um, um, you're stuck. You're stuck carrying somebody else's poison. Why? Because if you rebel against them, you have no family. If you have no family, you have nothing, right? Remember the person that was the worst thing that could happen to someone when they were in tribes is to be ousted out of the tribe. They'd be alone. We need, you know, um, groups. We need connection. We need from a, you know, a helping each other point of view, right? From a survival point of view. So these acts are really horrific, on a much bigger scale because it means that you have to endure this poison and you have to rebrand and you have to figure out a way of how to accommodate the most horrific things and then it's also a cancellation of your truth and your purity and your divinity right and it's you versus them and you are going to lose every time because you're the little one and they're the big ones right so Again, I had no idea about any of this. This is all, you know, uh, I've been, you know, pulled out of the shit. And literally in the ceremony, she showed me this split screen. And one screen was just pure black. And the other screen was where these Indians were. And I was coming out of this pure black screen to where all these lovely, loving Indians were. Now, I had no idea that it was that bad. I mean, I really had not a clue. So 
cooked was I into the stew for survival, right? So disappeared. So the thing about cleansing is that you are pulled, you know, you are slowly, slowly removed as the ingredient in the cooking, right? So um, you are, your soul is like an ingredient, right? In a particular menu. And once you're cooked in, there's no distinction between, you know, kind of the flour and the egg, right? It's all one thing. And what the ayahuasca does is she pulls all of the ingredients. She uncooks you, basically. That's brilliant, actually. She uncooks you. So you separate out from the whole dish. And if it's been severe trauma, you're, there's no, you don't even know, you know where you are. So, so there's another part. So, just actually, so, so for me, to be able to overturn them, to overturn and to get to the truth and to basically get myself back was I had to overturn all of the poison that had been instilled in me, right? And there was a lot, a lot, a lot. And, and I had to overcome the terror that was also instilled in me to face them and to accept that I didn't give a shit if they were my, I mean, that, you know, one's dead, who gives a shit? But like, it's a big thing if your child is holding on to that terror, right? So in her mind or in his mind, they're still little, they're still functioning from that place. It's a big deal for them to basically say, you fucking cunt, you know, and just like to really hate on them and to, or to feel all the feelings that you have, all the rage, all the anger, etc. And to fully separate, right? Otherwise, what happens is that if you don't deal with the trauma, you're still the child at the age the trauma happened living inside their dungeon. You're trapped in there because you're trapped in there because you were never nurtured or loved, right? So um, your soul flees. I mean, my soul just buggered off, like just... I was shown in the ceremony, it was the bottom of this well. And what was functioning was the, you know, kind of paralyzed, frozen time that I was abused, where it was, I had to accept the unacceptable. And I was terrified of, you know, confronting them, right? So it's not you that's paralyzed now, however old you are, right? It's not my six-year-old that's paralyzed. It's, my, my, it's not my six-year-old. It's my six-year-old living inside my 60-year-old that's paralyzed, right? I'm just growing around her. My whole being just grew around the injury, right? It's like sitting in the middle of this landscape. In the middle is this paralyzed, terrified, infantilized six-year-old who's, you know, carrying the poison of these people and has, been, and has remained paralyzed because of the injury so she's functioning as a six-year-old and all of the rest of my life just grew around her it's like we build ourselves around the wound but the wound is running everything so the thing is to get through all the layers on the outer part of this wound which they call the shadow and then collapsing it so you integrate and what happens is that you know, once she does the unthinkable, which is, or he does the unthinkable, which is to say, 
you fucking evil cunts, basically, you know, this is horrific, I'm not going to go along with this anymore, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, it's like you melt them, right, you give them the courage to just face these, uh, whatever it is that was done to you, or, you know, once you're able to release, and the child is able to release all the anger, the fear, the emotions, you know, once she, she gets the courage, because she's kind of like, if you're traumatized early on, you're frozen. I mean, I've known people that have kept secrets that have been, I had a friend once that was saying that she'd had an abortion when she was younger and was so traumatized by it and her brain was like, had spent her whole life buying clothes and educating this little girl that she never had that was aborted. I mean, it's horrific. It's insane. So we build all this stuff around the wound, but it's a wound that needs to be healed, right? It still might, your four-year-old, your five-year-old, doesn't matter how old you, 30, 40, 50, 60, 150, you're, you're not living. This is all the exterior stuff. In the center is the wound is the event, is the moment something terrible happened and you disappeared. So, um, and the thing, the barricade around the truth was this, you know, electrified fence, uh, which said, you know, it was this writhing thing that comes up, which is like, you know, you're not coming here. I'm not going to let you in. You're not going to fix this wound. You're not going to release this child. I own her. Right? She's going to carry the poison for me. She's going to agree. And there's this ridiculous and horrific sort of relationship still with the predator, which is beyond insane, right? But you'll literally imagine yourself in a landscape. You're at the center of this landscape. It's you and the predator and whatever contract you made. And you're paralyzed with fear and you're agreeing and you're never... And then around that is this kind of writhing monster, this electrified kind of fence that won't let the child leave because every time she comes up to it to leave, it will terrify her to stay and to continue and agreeing to whatever the hurt is with this monster. So there's the monster, the person that did you ill. There's you, the moment it happened. So there's a relationship between you and the predator. And then around that, like a, fort like a moat around a fortress, is the electrified field of fear that, um, keeps you in that relationship with him, agreeing. And you are gone, are disappeared. You, your soul, my soul was in the back of a cave. I was down at the bottom of the earth. I mean, you know, I remember in one ceremony they had to roll open a stone. Literally it was like something out of like, again, some biblical thing. And I was in the back in this kind of fetal position. Right? So that's where you're stuck. You're stuck because you can't leave because you can't face the truth and because you're terrified because they're six foot three and you're two or whatever, you know, two foot off the floor and they have convinced and tricked and whatever you, right? And around you is the place that you need to somersault, right? Which is that you have to release the truth, the hatred, the anger, the rage um, and keep spilling it out, right? And seeing the truth and seeing the darkness and seeing the history of these people and what they really did. And you have to literally, you know, expel them out of your system. And the only way to do that is for the child to get the courage 
to face the truth of them. And that's very difficult to do. Again, because of children, children never want to betray their parents. So that's it. It's you, the abuser, the electrified field of um, fear that won't let you leave, that for me has come up as this writhing entity. And then, and it's almost like you go through these layers, and then all the layers of stories and ideas and pers and the, the things that you've hidden from that's all around you, that's packed, right? So for me, the meditation in ayahuasca has been the continual dissolving of layer upon layer upon, until now I'm at the outer wall. And the outer wall is, you really have to go tell them to fuck off, right? You know, it's like if you look at a circular diagram, it's like these layers and layers and layers around. And in these layers, what I've found doing ayahuasca is that there are all sorts of dark entities and things that cling on and you build. It's like, you know, the gunk around, um, you know, your washing, you know, after you've dried it, it's just layers and layers of gunk that now all these kind of parasitic energies feed off the refusal. And once she's cleaned and cleaned them, that's again, it's a she for me, then where I'm at now is that this, this kind of like, uh, I've gotten to the, the writhing monster that I don't, you know, I don't, I don't particularly care, but you know, I need to face, my six-year-old has to face. And, you know, uh, the flip, right, where you take your power back and they completely um, and you basically smother them with your power. In other words, they've smothered you by creating this terror and this kind of fortified, electrified field that you can't get through. And now you have to go up to that field and have the courage to smother them. And that's the biggest thing for the child because it means that there will no longer be any parents. Not for you. Again, it's not about you. It's about your four-year-old and you know she has to you know have the courage to say fuck you right now the only way and then you kind of your power smothers them right your truth empties out all their poison and now the only this is interesting for me is that the only way that my four-year-old or whatever the child that was paralyzed has been able to get this far is because she has an advocate and she has a guide and she has love and she has um, there's been a family built in this other dimension this is insane to say that is kind of a true family which is this incredibly loving caring like a real family <laughs> um, nurturing unconditional, relentlessly present um, family who found me. I mean, who found my little girl. Well, they're the ones that got through all the layers in the first place, right? So they have been guiding me back. They have given me the courage to face all of this. Their love, their relentless love, unconditional daily love is is really my battalion, is my um, army that has turned me into a warrior, right? And given me the courage to tear it down, tear all of it down. Because what happens is that if you're traumatized early on and you're given the burden of their poison, 
which is what happens to a child, then you have to carry it. And in carrying it, you have to refuse your truth, right? So you're always in conflict because there's your truth, which is right, and there's the poison that comes from adults, right? So you um, um, su support their poison versus your truth because it happened early on and you had no notion of your value or your divinity or whatever, right, of your power. So these are big conquests for children to go in there and, and you know, and also... As a child, I hated anger. I hated hate. I, hate. I hated uncomfortable feelings. They made me absolutely uncomfortable. I couldn't handle them, right? Um, they were too big. They were too scary. And I was already in a terrifying situation. So, you know, it was, it was a big undertaking to take on the true, like, basically, damn, the infinite damn of hatred and rage that I felt. But I did, right? So only because I had this incredible medicine guide and help. and It's like you really are in some other universe. You're in some other dimension, right? It's no biggie. It's just not this dimension. But there's a whole different landscape that can move in and um, guides, etc., that help you, right? So, again, the deeper you go, the more help you get. Um, and... You know, and I was completely silenced. You know, it's like my whole throat was just like packed with cement that somebody had poured in there and just had dried. And I was, you know, completely, rem I was just disappeared, really. Um, I'd left. My whole being was taken over. Um, and in the agreement, that's what happens. In the, there's a, an eviction of your soul and squatters, you know, these kind of evil squatters move in and take over. And and they've taken over when you were little, so you're terrified. You know, again, if somebody puts a gun to your head, you're not going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, shoot me. You're going to go, okay, I'll agree. Where, where shall I sign? You know, where do I sign? And then you make it work. That's not life. And because that's not you. That's just, it's not you. Um, you're not aligned. You'll be forever uncomfortable. You'll forever find ways to keep, you know, getting out of being in that position, whether it's addiction or disappearing or self-destruction or marrying people you don't want to marry or whatever it is that you do. But you're always looking for an out. You keep thinking there's an out. You know, if I just move to this country, if I just marry that person, if I just stick this drug in me, if I just drink that alcohol, that's, there's no out. The only out is in. You have to go through these layers and get to the outer field and get past that field that's going to kill you basically the you know the electrified fence and in me it's literally this writhing i mean really just it's it's in my system i mean it's like it was built and some you know sometimes i'm just walking along and it just like <laughs> it comes up i'm like oh my god yeah um and i want it completely expelled so again, it's a slow lift, right? It's a slow surface because if you've been packed into that landfill, you know, that's all you've known. You've only known the landfill. So everything is a bit shocking as you begin to come out. You know, you don't, you know, I could never have been airlifted without the ayahuasca out of this, you know, fucking shit show. 
Um, and every time you see more and more of the truth of them and you, you, what you really feel, because remember your whole life you've been holding back, that's how you've survived. You've been, you know, in-law triaging, sticking things under beds and sticking things in rooms and, you know, storage, you know, all that stuff. So, um, and in the end there's no you. If you've been built by fear, there's no, there's no you there, there's no one. It's just, it's all, you can't be made by fear. There's no, that's not ignition for life. I remember in a ceremony, I was like, you know, I just want to be the fish in the ocean. Why? Because I thought I was a fish on land. There was, I was not aligned. I was, you know, I'd been used and um, seduced and tricked, which again, I could never have seen had I not been through this journey, right? So, um, and there's also another variant um, which, again, I had no idea about, but I'm beginning to realize may also have been involved in all of this. And so anyway, so so, so I just want to, yeah. So you're going to meet the things that, there is nothing worse for a child than, than to hate its parents. It's the worst, right? And that's the, that's the emotion you cannot bear to feel. I remember I used to feel it and want to kill them, and I was like, no, I need to kill me. This is wrong to hate them. It's wrong, right? There must be something wrong with me if I hate them, even though they're taking me out to be sexually abused, right? You will always make yourself the one that's wrong. This is why, again, very difficult to overcome this stuff. And again, I was just speaking to someone who was like, you know, who had a horrible, they were so abusive, and, you know, she was like, oh, but they were... Yeah, they love me. It's like, oh my God, you know, the stories we tell ourselves, right? I did the same thing, so no shade on her. I'm just saying, when you hear it from afar and you can see it, it's like, God, that was me, right? Um, also, other stuff, I don't know. Um, somebody says to me, oh, well, there's more, there's, you have black magic and there's spells and curses. I don't know about that stuff. However, what was interesting, which I didn't realize, was... Um, on one of my return trips back from Peru, having done the medicine, the ayahuasca, um, and one at middle of the night, I felt somebody stroking my hair. It was really fucking weird. And I knew who it was. It was, so I had an aunt who, horrible woman, absolutely horrific woman, who, um, Two of her sons committed suicide, and the other two were just, you know, basket cases, I think, really is the term. All because of her. Incredibly selfish, manipulative, just piece of evil. In the same way that this man who abused me did this, another piece of evil. And I suspect that, you see, this is very difficult for a child, because above, around you is all the, oh, lo you know, the kind of the in and out of consciousness, you're, if you're an, if if you're abused as a child, you haven't really fully cooked. You're kind of in and out of consciousness. You're terrified, and then you're not, and then you're trying to make things work. It's it's a very you know this this tampering with innocence early on, and it is tampering. It's the most horrific. They should really I just no words for the horror. Um, 
the, you're, you're built in a very weird way because you have to survive and this horror then is happening to you and then you have to make them look good and you have to refuse the truth of who they are. And this is a lot for a child early on. So you're putting a lot away. But one of the things, referring back to this aunt who was a piece of evil, she's, you know, seemed, it's like typical kind of fairy tale thing, you know, seemed nice but was just a piece of shit. And, I mean, her kids, one threw himself in front of her. I mean, could you imagine from the roof of the house? Talk about suicide. And the other one, you know, went to a reservoir. Anyway, it's a horrific, it's just like a piece of hell, basically. And so they had, um, <clears throat> they had all sorts of, you know, witches, brujas and stuff in the villages. And it wouldn't put it past me to, to have that, to, for that woman to have, cast a spell or something she was so envious of everybody and she was my mother's sister and, but she showed up um a long time ago in um you know literally as a like stroking my hair like as a person <laughs> just gross so again when you take these medicines and you're, you're moved into these other dimensions a lot of stuff can happen so this story and all of this stuff, the energetic stuff around me is always, and around anyone, is always bigger than you think it is. It's not just like, oh, my father, you know, <laughs> um, didn't answer the phone call or looked at me the wrong way. These narratives tend to be pretty big and much more comprehensive than we think. And I suspect if she showed up in this other dimension, it was for a reason. And... Who knows what she must have done when I was younger because, you know, she was very jealous of the families and whatever. So, again, you get clues as you go along, as you wake up to these different aspects of who you are. And, again, I'm really kind of at the outer ring of all of this where, you know, um, the, you know, I'm, it's, it's, it's literally like a furball I'm coughing up. Um, and, and what's interesting, it's like, oh, I was, it was interesting. I was told, you know, you have to, you're dying in life. In other words, that's a great gift if you can die here and before you actually die. In other words, you can um, deflate. I mean, these are massive energies in my system, huge energies that you can face all these energies and sort of let them dissolve in this lifetime, right? Um, because, first of all, there is a you, whoever you are, that is not traumatized. There is a you that's a soul, that has a script, that has a, you know, is a nice person, is a divine person. And then there's a trauma and a traumatized person that is, has been built from fear that is kind of a Frankensteinian version of you. It is not you, right? The you that came was the untraumatized you. And that had its own script and that had its own outcome had it not been poisoned by somebody else. So I was thinking, because I was, I've been so used to having to live in reaction to fear and built only by fear, that it's always been a, a creation 
In other words, I've had to invent somebody. It's always been this invention because if you're traumatized, you're, you're not it. You're wrong. You're not enough. You're whatever. So you're always living in, you know, what is the creation that's going to work, the version of me that's going to survive, the version of me that's going to be okay, if you're living in relation to fear. If there is no fear, this is what I was thinking about. I said, well, who am I without the fear? Well, there's no creation. You're just it, right? There's nothing to become. There are no coals to jump on. You know, the earth isn't going to gobble you up. There is no strategy if there's no fear. There's just a natural unfolding of your whole being, which has its innate power and has its innate knowing. Right? There's only continual strategy if there's continual trauma. Right? It doesn't mean, you know, there isn't struggle and all that stuff, of course. But it's not that constant state of death. Am I enough? Is it going to work? Um, right? It's not that constant. It's almost like there's a, a monster in your head that's constantly, you know, it's like you have to make the queen laugh. If you don't make the queen laugh, you could die. So what am I going to invent today that's in my head, really, that's not, you know... So if this, if this thing, as I've described, is inside of you, if they are actually inside of you, and I can... You don't have to believe me, it doesn't really matter. I mean, for me, that's what it is. It's literally, I see this roaring... Um, thing um, and it's the thing that is constantly terrifying me and, and, and threatening right and you're at its mercy right so you're always inventing a self or and this is all so awful because think about it it's it's first of all it's not you number two you've built this ridiculous person that's been built out of fear, that's not you, that's awkward and uncomfortable and constantly anxious, right? Then, so none of it works, it's all wrong. And you're sort of catering to all this absurdity, really. And on the other side of it, it's just you doing your life that's not ignited by you're not enough and you've got to become someone else and I need to be pleased and just, it's insane. So it's like you've been chucked into this kind of vortex of absurdity and terror and threat and anxiety, and you think that's real, when in fact it's just because you're, you know, you've been poisoned early on. It's all BS. It's all just noise. On the other side, it's just who you are. That has its natural outcome. That has, that doesn't have to invent anything. It just is itself. Right? It's not in constant doubt. It's not in constant competition. It's not in constant reassertion with another. It just is. And again, that comes from very loving, caring, nurturing parents that have, you know, seen you and grown you and accepted you and loved you and made you safe and protected you. And it's not that big a deal. It's just like, does somebody love you? That's it. 
can somebody see you and love you regardless of what's going on, regardless of who you are? To just love you. It's just, it's so, why is it so difficult? I don't know. Like, there's a daffodil. You just love the daffodil. There's a peanut. You love the, it's not, anyway, I don't know why it's so, such a fucking nightmare. So in one state, if you're ignited by terror and trauma and fear, you're in a big kind of dungeon of dark entities, confusion. You have, you're not there. You, you built yourself in response to fear and terror. And that's what's functioning, not you. And you're chasing your tail. And you're basically running away from the fear that's always like a dog barking behind you. And you think if I keep running, if I get the house in Malibu, if I just stick that needle in my arm, or if I just, you know, take that vacation, if I just go to that country, it'll go away. But the dog is always barking. No matter where you are, what you're doing, at some point, you're going to get back to the dog. It doesn't go away, right? So the only way to heal is to go face the dog or whatever it is. In my instance, it's this writhing entity, which I've actually gotten to. It's like, you know, a geological dig. It's gone deeper and deeper. Now I've hit rock. I've hit like the rock, right? I've gone through all the earth, the entities, the worms, the shit. Now I'm at that kind of, right? That layer of here it is. Here's the dark entity. Here's the electric, here's electrified fence. What do I need to do to get past the electrified fence? Well, I need to fully understand the con, the con, you know, these people, the horror of them, the truth of what they did to you, of how they poisoned you and how you accepted, etc. Whatever, right? Your little girl, your little boy, your soul. You can't. You can only integrate that soul when that little boy, little girl has been released from the kidnapping of those people, right? And the way that they are released is by them realizing what was done to them. That they were not the ones at fault, right? They were carrying the poison of somebody else. And then they release the relationship when they have the power to do that. When you have the power to hate on them, to, you know see them, to really feel the feelings. I mean, I had to swallow a lot. So I had a lot to refuse about me, right? I had to, you know, it's literally, I had to make heaven out of hell. So there was a lot that I had to contend with. But then in trauma, we're always contending. But that really is, you have to reverse the power play. The child, first we have to reach that child, right? That has been trapped, that's been kidnapped. And you have to get to the layer where you are sitting inside that electrified field that the child can't leave, right? Because it's so terrible. You have to get to that terror. And the terror is telling them to go fuck themselves. That's the biggest terror for the child. To turn around and say, you pieces of shit. I fucking hate you. I mean, again, that was my case because I had so toasted them into somebody else. You know, I had you know, whipped up so much fantastic icing and topping and inside was just, you know, a massive, inside that cake was just shit, right? So when you can get to that and say, you know, you pieces of shit, whatever, I can't believe you did this, I fucking hate, whatever. 
I never had a relationship with them. It was all an invention, right? So when you can truly slough this off, slough them off, when you've, you can truly allow yourself to be free. Now, the thing about the child is it's terrified of doing that. Why? Because, well, who is it? It doesn't know. It doesn't know. No one loved it. No one said, you have the power to do anything, right? So the child will never do that because then it's, it will disappear in that childhood. There's no one. Who are you going to go to? There's no one. You're alone. Right? There are no allies there. So you have to accept them. So this is the incredible thing about the ayahuasca. Once you, the child within you receives this other family, so to speak, or receives a love from the universe or this, this incredible support and guides. I mean, I literally was in a ceremony weeping because I had betrayed my little girl. You know, I felt really, I'd betrayed her. I'd abandoned her for them. I mean, the ayahuasca was basically, you had no choice, you know, Maria, but it was like, I'd abandoned my little girl and taken up arms of the evil. Um, and the ayahuasca gave me the courage to come back and face it and tear it down, right? And I hate the feeling of hate or rage or I hated all that. But I've never felt it ever in so much quantity as I have with these two people. Um, I didn't want it to be that or other members of the family in the same way I didn't want to feel that but I had to and what it basically says is you're safe to be you that's really the greatest message that you can get because what they're saying when you're kidnapped or hijacked is you know without us you're nothing right in other words if you don't do what we tell you if you don't accept this hurt if you don't accept this injury you'll die, you're powerless, you're nothing. That's the trick. Well, you're little, of course, you know, right? So when you go back and go, fuck you, you get your power back. It's like, it's okay to live outside the trauma. You will survive without them and living as, a, you know, as an outcome of trauma. I think that's the most difficult thing for a child to give up is, well, I only have this rotting corpse, you know, even if the stench is horrific, I need to stick around this rotting corpse because there's nothing but this. You know, I have no power outside of having played this role. And in fact, one of the first dreams I had when I went down to Peru, I was in a room with a rotting corpse and my children were playing next door and I couldn't leave and take care of my children. And it was him, right? And I wanted to leave, but I couldn't. So it's all very much tied together in this kind of traumatized, paralyzed, almost tableau where you have made a contract with the predator in some way and they have sort of seized you. It's like seizing your assets. They've seized you and own you and you're too terrified to leave. So you're accepting all their poison and refusing your truth, 
refusing you in the name of their poison. Whatever it is, they hurt you, they, they abandoned you, they abused you. And, you know, how you deal, you, would, you know, you go, stick a needle, drink yourself, leave the, I mean, I did the, leave the country thing. I never, didn't do any of that stuff, but, you know, marry people you don't want to marry. Um, you're always trying to find an exit, a place, a kind of, a relief, that's it. If I just sit inside this sauna for five minutes, I'm going to be okay, uh, yeah. But I don't want to live in relief. I don't want to live um, with this constant nagging wrongness and then, you know, have to leave the country so I can, you know, get a breather. You don't get a breather. It's always with you. Um, or Netflix out, whatever, whatever it is that you do, right? So that I get a breather from living in this impossible situation. I just want to be able to live as my life being a constant relief, right? That there is no relief. It's just life and it's all okay. And I'm aligned with it and I'm aligned with who I am. And I'm not living in some place where I don't own who I am. I don't possess any of me. It is owned by a trauma that happened early on by, you know, evil. And I'm going to call it evil because that's just, you know, if you want to hurt someone, you know, go hurt someone your own size. Do not go near a little innocent child. And the cover-up is, you know, to survive, you'll create a cover-up. You'll find reasons for someone caring. I remember I used to think about the one thing they might say about me. Oh, she did well at school. You know, I just replay it over and over my head. Okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. So... This thing has energy. It's very powerful. Um, it's surrounded by layers and layers of stories you've built. And um, you're built around the injury. Right? The injury rules. The injury dominates. The injury is a frozen relationship and contract that you made with that predator or with that person. And it happened early on, and you were not conscious. So you had no choice, okay? And the terror is the thing that they have over you, because you're little and they're big, all right? And if it's frozen within you, and you've given them, a, because of the contract, they have reign over your whole system, which means that you get canceled out, your actual life force disappears, you, you disappear, and you've been forced to build a person in response to their horrid, horridness or whatever, crookery, then it's not your fault by any means, stretch the imagination. And it lives within you as the um, source of your whole being. And the so the relationship is they tower over you, they own you, you agree to them, and you refuse yourself. And you're in prison and you're frozen in that time, however old you were, four, five, three, whenever the the horror happened, right? And 
you accept it on the condition you can go and relieve yourself with, you know. So there's this, on the one hand, you're owned by it, you're, you built a, a human, a whole being out of terror. It, the terror is a thing that keeps you on the run. And then the odd relief, whatever, of dragging up or whatever you do is, okay, I can tolerate it as long as I can, you know, every month or so I go coke up for a month or for a week or something. So all of it needs to be undone and collapsed. And you need to go rescue your kid out of that scenario. That's all I can think. I mean, really, it's really about. It's you need to be on a, go on a re search and rescue mission to rescue your child. That's what it's been. And it's been a very long journey. <laughs> because it happened a long time ago, but it's actually now. But it's the layers of energy that you've built around not seeing it. That's basically the shadow, the continent of shit that you've refused. And if you've refused it as a child, then every other gesture is a refusal of it, which builds and builds and builds around the injury. Every breath that you take without seeing the truth are layers and layers of energy that you have built around a festering wound. And if you're 60 like me, that's a lot of layers of energy of beliefs and identities and bullshit. And you have to travel through all of them and dissolve all of them because they're all very tightly packed and built. And it's literally like if you break a teacup and then you need to put it all back together, Humpty Dumpty. Um, you didn't break it. It was injured by an outside source. Um, and again, as you're coming in and out of consciousness, when you arrive, you know, you're, you're putting this thing to, you know, you're fragmenting, you're putting stories together, you're finding the glue to make this thing work. It's a lot of shit's going on. And in that helpless place, there are tons of energetic parasites that are coming in. I'm just, I don't know how else to call them. They're like dark energies. It's like feeding off your fear, right? If something's not, if there's a wound, like anything, if you look at nature, if you look at, again, this isn't all that woo-woo or weird or whatever. It's just life. Um, creepy crawlies walk in, right? If there's a, a wound on an animal, it can't, you know, can't walk. It's left out in the desert. Vultures will show up and peck at it, right? Termites, I mean, they all sit around the wound in the same way and so this great medicine I don't know how else to describe it it's great unbelievable medicine he cleans and cleans and cleans and cleans and cleans until it gets you to the site of the wound right and clearly showed me, right, you are over here, down a shaft. I finally saw her. Here's your soul. Here's your four-year-old right here. 
This other stuff is a seizure by an adult who terrified a child. And a self was built in that, in response to that. For all of that to collapse, any relationship to these people needs to be completely collapsed. And the only way to be collapsed is to see your terror around them. The terror. And the terror is, I have to accept this poison because they're my parents. I have to legitimize and make that okay. I have to carry their poison. And the cleansing is your child no longer is scared to say, I fucking hate you, go eat shit and die, basically. And that's against all religions. Like, oh, you have to be so nice and turn the other cheek and have compassion. No. This medicine, which is so brilliant, is because it shows you exactly how you're built. Right? If somebody hurts you, you don't go, oh, isn't that lovely? I'm so glad you hurt me, hurt me again. Right? You don't. You go, you fucking cunt. What the fuck are you doing? I'm a child. How dare you? How dare you make me do this, right? How dare you not love me? How dare you not show up and take care of this wonderful piece of divinity? How dare you? Right? So the overthrow is for your child to really allow itself to feel the truth of what happened to it and what your child doesn't do because it's too little. It won't do that. But for, it to, for you to dissolve this frozen tableau, that's where you need to get to. You need to get to the overthrow of those people. And they may have shown up as parents, and that's a really sad situation if it happened. It certainly feels sad to me, right? But they're not your parents. If they've done you an injury, they are not parents. They are dark energies. Right? Parents do not hurt their children in any way. Nor is it excusable. Not excusable. I'm a parent. Not excusable. I don't care what your circumstances are. They said, well, I, are you capable of it too? No, I'm not. I'm not capable of it. So these, the, the, the light, you know, the world is made of light and dark. Whatever it comes in, a butterfly, a parent, a dog a tree. It's light and dark. It's all one thing. Right? So the most difficult thing is for, the ch is for the child to realize that the parent is not a parent. The parent is a trick or it's evil. It's very difficult, especially if you've built up, if you've lived in denial of who you are and given them the authority to rule your life and to make you who you are. And that's where your final liberation comes, is when you can, again, it's like, you know, the journey, right? Into the dragon's cave. You live on the other side of that dragon, whatever that dra however that dragon shows up for you. For me, it showed up as, you know, I couldn't face them as a child. I couldn't, I, I agreed. I can't believe how much feeling 
sadness there was and, and real true sense of betrayal that I had about betraying my little girl, which I, I couldn't have done anything else, but it was just a genuine upheaval of feeling around that I betrayed my own self in the name of these people. I had, you know, allowed the blinding. But again, I was powerless, so, you know, again, no shade, right? But if you really are connecting to that place, then you will feel, excuse me, a massive sense of betrayal that you yourself abandoned yourself to this horror. So again, it's not, <laughs> this journey is not a trip to a spa or some kind of romantic, you know, in the sunset trip. The trip is into hell. <laughs> if you've been traumatized, the trip is into hell. And the best guardians to go into hell with, for me, have been the plant spirits, this magnificent ayahuasca. She has been uh, my guide. I uh, have tons of Indians, my guides, who have shown up with, as a thousand parents, both as mother and father. And I never knew real parents, so I certainly needed real parents to guide me in. And it is the most challenging thing you will ever do, more, than, more, more challenging than getting a job. Um, and it's, it's a journey. And I was never a warrior by any stretch of the imagination. So I was terrified as a child. I was always terrified. I never saw myself as courageous at all. I gave in to them. I agreed. So, um, and I think in this journey, one of the things I've learned is how to be a warrior. And I didn't know what that meant before, although I was tested another time, but not, yeah, um, but not in this way. Um, to upend the forces of evil. I can't describe it in any other way. And darkness exists in a very powerful way. Um, I never wanted to acknowledge it, and I've had no choice but not only acknowledge it, but to face it. And um, and you, what you're rescuing is your soul, and if you've been traumatized, it's your rescue of your rightful divinity that was injured through no account of your own. Some people say you chose it. Um, I don't know about that, but please God, I didn't choose this particular ride. It's been pretty gruesome. Um, and what is really amazing, I think the gift is to be taken into the dark, yes, that was horrific, and to meet all these demons and entities and stuff. But at the same time, when they're released is 
the amount of love that we have within us. I mean, I think one of the greatest takeaways is that I was frozen. My heart was frozen, frozen with terror. And she, the great medicine, has shown me, bathed me in the most incredible, infinite love that I could, I just, I don't know how to describe it. That's the gift. The gift is also, you know, once you've faced all these demons, death is a bit like, it's like, so what? Like, who cares? I mean, I don't want to, honestly, I don't, I don't want to die, whatever. It's like, once you've drank ayahuasca, which is already, it's pretty, I hate to say it, I love ayahuasca, but it's just like gross. Once you've been, you felt the, these energies within you, which is like death. It's like death. When you do ayahuasca, you know, it's like, once you've seen the horror that was done to you and, Oh, all of it. Death won't be an issue, <laughs> really. Um, and especially knowing that in this universe there exists this, this unbelievable love, just certainly a love I've never, ever known that's so vast and deep and loving and whether you literally have thousands of parents mothers and fathers and you know many ceremonies I see all these Indians and they're on these mountaintops there's thousands upon thousands of them and they're warriors and um, all the Shipibo women like again thousands of thousands of these healers women so everything is around us to guide us, to help us, to show us. And it's not that far away. Um, it's just a ayahuasca drink away. Um, and whatever you do, other people, many people do different, they've got different things and whatever it is that takes you there. I don't know, whatever it is. But to have access to this healing modality is an incredible gift. And, um, but if you, you know, again, tread this path or want healing, you know, just know it's not a self-help exercise or a saying. It's, a, it's, a, it's an experience. You will have to travel through a lot of experiences in the cleansing process. Which at the end of the day, we're all human, we're all capable of, right? Um, and, you know, you will fall and you will be challenged and you will like it and then you won't like it and you never know what's going to show up. But you will be the happier and the more loving and the more centered for it you know, there's nothing like a the power washed by the universe 
to bring you home. All right. Bye.